Hi folks, Richard here and I wanted to let you know that today's Tub Talk is brought to you by Kaseya, a provider of complete IT infrastructure management solutions for both MSPs and internal IT departments. Stay tuned and later in the show I'll tell you a little bit more about Kaseya and their special offer for Tub Talk podcast listeners. You're listening to Tub Talk, the podcast for IT business owners with our featured conversation with Richard Tubb and Fred Vukola of Kaseya. My name is Jeff Nicholson and this podcast is all about helping you grow your IT business. In this episode, Richard talks with Fred Vukola. Fred has spent almost two decades as a technology executive and is an expert in building and managing high-growth SaaS organizations. You'll hear how Kaseya redesigned themselves after a few bad years, why staying in touch is important, and why MSPs should offer BDR. This episode was recorded in person between Richard and Fred at the Kaseya Connect Europe 2018 event in Amsterdam earlier this year. And now, without further ado, here's Richard Tubb talking with Fred. Fred, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We are here in Amsterdam at uh, Kaseya Connect Europe 2018. Um, Kaseya are one of, if not the sort of um, uh, biggest players, most established players in the MSP space. The. Um, the. <laughs> Thank you for the question. Um, I think it would probably be fair to say before you came on board as CEO that Casera um, lost their way a little bit in the MSP space. Not so much now. You've, you've come back roaring back with things. Um, in fact, I was speaking to one of your clients um, outside earlier in MSP and they were saying because um, they make it easy for us to do business with them. What has changed in the past few years since you've become CEO? Sure. So um, I was fortunate enough to join Kaseya about three and a half years ago. And so a little history on Kaseya. So a, a guy named Gerald Blackie was the, really the founder and the, the, the brains behind the idea of Kaseya. And they had some really interesting technology um, maybe 14 years ago. And like any good startup, they were trying to find a market, trying to find a buyer, you know, consistent buyers for it. So at that time, there were a lot of dynamics changing in the IT infrastructure world, primarily the internet. So a lot of organizations, uh, VARs and, and, and resellers, found their margins getting crushed. You know, reselling Dell and, and, and reselling Cisco and HP and Microsoft because of people buying direct from the vendors and the changing of the channel, their margins shrank massively. So in order to stay alive, they had to reinvent themselves. So um, at the time, Gerald had this company, Kaseya, with a technology, kind of the first remote monitoring and management technology. And I'm saying it like that because you know, 14, 15 years ago, this kind of technology wasn't well known. It was a brand new category. So Gerald recognized, Gerald and the company recognized that a lot of these Microsoft-centric VARs, and that's kind of really where it started, a lot of these Microsoft-centric VARs had to find other ways of existing, other ways of providing value. Well, as the operating system and the hardware got a little bit more complex, um, it required a lot more support. And downtime was happening, and then the the complexity of the power of some of the applications just started to overwhelm some of the small businesses. So the ability, so, so a lot of these small businesses were calling up 
um, their, their IT people and saying, hey, we have a problem. And a lot of people would go and charge, you know, $100 or 100 euro or 100 pounds an hour to go and address the issues. The challenge or the opportunity was a lot of the issues that kept happening were the same issues over and over. And so what Gerald looked at the technology to do was to convince managed or convince what are now called managed service providers to say, look, if you use the automation that exists in our technology, you can remotely monitor and manage systems and proactively address 90 to 95% of the issues and charge a monthly fee for it and not have to send a technician every time. And so that kind of birthed the, what is we think of as the MSP industry. So fast forward uh, 10 years after that, Gerald sold his business to Insight Venture Partners. Uh, Insight Venture Partners is one of the leading private equity um, firms that focuses on IT infrastructure and also MSP facing IT infrastructure software companies. And you know a number of them have been successful from Logic Now to Veeam to uh, Acronis to SolarWinds. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun, Kaseya. Um, so when Insight bought the company, um, the new executive team that took over tried to expand the focus of the company and focus more on large enterprise companies, saying that, you know, Kaseya owns the MSP space. Um, we're the number one provider there. We have, you know, I don't know upwards of 10,000 managed service providers at the time. Let's take our market and expand it into the large enterprise. And quite frankly, it was a bad decision. You know, we lost our way. We took advantage. Take a step back. We took for granted um, the uh, our MSP customer base. So when I came on board, um, you know, knowing that managed service providers are mostly small business owners, and when you're a small business owner, I don't need to tell you, you're obviously a small business owner, it's your business, you know? And that sounds kind of funny, but a small business owner, every penny, every dollar, every euro, every penny matters. Every decision is personal because every decision impacts that business owner's ability to feed his or her family. So by not focusing on that market, is the same as dismissing the market. And Kaseya made a couple of people unhappy that way. So when I came on board, I recognized that's the place where Kaseya has been, that's where Kaseya is good at, and we reshifted back 100% into figuring out how to help MSPs make money and grow their business. And that's everything that we do, and that's all we think about 24-7. Mm. And I want to touch on something you uh, mentioned there a little bit later on. I've heard great compliments about you um, being a fantastic networker, staying in touch with people, making business personal. So we'll come back to that in a little sure. bit. But I want to talk more about Kaseya for, for the moment. Number of acquisitions you made. So 2013, there yeah. was a, a or what is now known as Traverse. 2016, mm -hmm. Vorex, uh, the PSA tool. Uh, you've recently acquired Rapid Fire Tools. Great acquisition. Brilliant company. Good people there. And um, spanning uh, backup as well. Uh, and Unitrends. And Unitrends as yeah. well, thrown in there. Back. So there's a lot uh, yeah. a lot in there. So something you said on stage, um, I guess when people make so many acquisitions, when companies make so many acquisitions, uh, a fear of an MSP can be, um, you know, you integrate with everybody, but you're, maybe some of the integrations are not going to be yeah. as integral as, as others. Something you said on stage really caught, uh, caught my ear. You said of uh, all of your other vendors, we want you to compare them to us. I really like that phrase. How are you going about, first of all, integrating all these acquisitions yeah. you made, and secondly, um, you know, making it easy um, for outside companies yeah. to still integrate with you? Yeah, so um, 
I guess I'll address them kind of one at a time. First is on the integration side. So one of the things when Kaseya buys a company, we typically don't, an, <clears throat> pardon me, don't announce that acquisition for you know several months, if not you know upwards of eight or nine months. And the reason for that is there's there's nothing worse than a vendor who buys a company and pounds their chest and says all these great things about it. And then their customers are like, great, when can we use it? Nine months when it's integrated. It sucks. <laughs> it's bullshit, right? It doesn't work. So, you know, it's our policy is we buy companies um, and two things always happen. One, we will not announce that acquisition until the products are working together, they're integrated, so customers can get the benefit from it day one. We don't want to to kind of mislead people into hanging on. That's just the wrong way of doing business, especially with small small business owners. The second thing, when we buy a company, um, we absolutely do not bury it. And I'll, I'll use that, I'll describe what I mean by the term bury it. Um, so I was lucky enough to, to start and be a part of a couple of software companies that, you know, we grew pretty large and we sold one to BMC, we sold one to CA, sold one to uh, FGI, a big financial services um, technology provider. And in every case, the acquiring company bought, you know, my company or the company that I started or was with, and within six to nine months, the company was dead. The product was there, the brand was dead, the innovation was dead, the people were dead. And, and what was, in each case, a, a market leadership position was not a market leader position anymore. And that's because the companies were more concerned about integrating the business for the sake of integrating it than what the customers would want. So we have a very different strategy. When we buy someone, take spanning for instance, um, spanning is based in Austin, Texas. So we buy spanning. We will integrate spanning into the Kaseya products, integrate Kaseya into the spanning products. But we will not rebrand spanning. We are not um, uh, uh, inserting a layer of management over spanning. Uh, Chad Savoy, the CEO of spanning, um, Chad will remain the CEO. His team works for him. It's important to keep that entrepreneurial spirit there. That group in Austin, they are the best at SaaS backup. They know more about, for example, O365 backup. They forgot more about it than you or I will ever know. I mean, that's what they do. And their whole company's focused on it. Why would we mess with that? Let's leave them. Of course, we'll you know, leverage some back office integrations to make you know, HR easier and, and, and you know, finance easier. And, but we insert a lot of capital and we keep them independent. So that ensures for us and for our customers that they remain very innovative in their space, which I think leads to the second question, and that is how do we as Kaseya make sure that we are truly open? And if one of our customers is using you know, a product from another vendor, say ConnectWise, God forbid, or you know, or Autotask or someone, um, you know, that that we're not screwing them over. And it doesn't require us to change our business processes because that's the same way that we make sure we integrate with the companies that we bought. Right? So if you take spanning or if you take rapid fire tools, yeah, they're owned by Kaseya and we're very close with them. But we're not overlaying levels of management. I'm not part of the Kaseya development team, for example. So when we engage with, you know, with uh, Autotask, for example, on integrating their PSA with our RMM and their RMM with our PSA and, and things like that, it's a natural process. The other part, as I talked about today, is if we don't do that, believe me, our customers will not be happy and they will let us know because our customers are not shy when, when things don't go well. So that, that's that's the how we kind of handle that. Yeah, and I noticed on stage you said Kaseya is 
and will remain an open platform. Yeah. Um, you also said, which I thought was really open and honest of you, as much as it pains us to admit it, MSPs need yeah. our competitors. So you touched on some of them there. So I really like that uh, that uh, state of play there. Um, let's talk about one of the integrations of very close partners you've got, um, IT Glue. Yeah. I think that's a great example, isn't it? It's not just an integration. You've got that built in to the platform. Tell me more about how that came about. Yeah, so um, IT Glue is... They are one of the fastest, I mean, they've taken the MSP world by storm. Everyone knows IT Glue. Um, Chris Day, their, their CEO, he actually was an, M, an MSP owner, just like Mike Mattel, who was the founder of Rapid Fire Tools. You know, one of the things that's super cool in the MSP space is a lot of the really innovative kind of cutting edge uh, companies, they're founded by ex-MSPs who use this technology to help their MSP do something and they turn it into a product. So uh, Chris was a was a you know case study on that. And I came across Chris about two years ago. Um, they bought a booth at our at our Kaseya Connect conference and I looked at what they did. I'm like, that's pretty cool stuff. And his team was just religious about how important automated documentation is and 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 how it's going to change everything. And so we started using the product internally. Our internal IT staff started using it, and they were just saying this is fantastic. And they had some ideas about building integrations. And so we sat down with Chris and uh, Luis, who's his head of product, and uh, another great guy. And and we just looked at saying how valuable would it be if not just we had an integration, but if we could take the IT Glue product and literally make it a part of our RMM and in the different components of the RMM. So one of them is in the remote control piece. It's, we call it Live Connect. So when you remote, if you're a Kaseya user and you remote control into a machine, IT Glue is there inside of our application in real time, real syncing the information bi-directionally. So it's, it's right at your fingertips. You don't have to leave Kaseya's product and then go into IT Glue it's all right there and it's so valuable. That that the automated documentation is, I think it's going to be the standard of how every MSP shares information about their different customer bases. And you know, if I was, I think every vendor needs to look to do similar things as what we're doing with them, because it's the customers are demanding it. Agreed, it's, it's, agreed. I've seen customers have more loyalty to IT glue than their PSAs, mm-hmm. which is which is which is interesting. I was just speaking to an MSP outside and he was saying, I live in IT Glue. Yeah. Uh, and interestingly, I was uh, looking at uh, speaking to a PSA and they were just getting the demo of the uh, of the integration. Yeah. I'm a geek. I'm a tech, yeah. you know, uh, uh, all about the technology in the background, a technician first and foremost. Um, and most MSPs, I, I think, are driven by business owners who are technicians first yeah. and foremost. But just seeing the reaction on that person's face, he was like, this is very this cool. Is this is cool. going to save us it's a lot of time. Cool. Yeah. So we can still get excited about that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to change tacks a little bit. So um, BDR um, is a big part of, yeah. uh, of Kaseya's business. Um, it's second only to security and growth for, for the MSP space. You've now got a full suite of BDR solutions, mm-hmm. application-based, uh, sorry, appliance-based, everything. Where do you see the opportunity for MSPs in yeah. that BDR and the backup space as a whole? Huge, <laughs> you know, huge. I think um, that data, I mean, most industries and most small, most industries around the world are digitizing and they're all about data one way or the other. Um, and that's, as that comes into the small to mid-sized business, which are the customers of our customers, right? The customers are MSPs. Um, it's no different there. So if you think about backup and disaster recovery, let's break it up into like the two categories. Um, there's security um, ramifications with it. If you get hit by ransomware, you, what do you do? 
if you're not if you don't have a good backup solution or a good recovery solution, you're you're just you're kind of hosed. Um, there's compliance ramifications for it. Um, there are business obviously business continuity ramifications, which are you know pretty generic. Um, so if I'm an MSP and I'm talking to a customer, um, we have some information that says data is the second most important asset that a, a small to mid-sized business has after their people. Well, think about how much money companies pay for health insurance or they pay for training of their employees. Um, data is, I mean, you gotta, you have to protect it and invest in it. And investing in data, a lot of people think on the front end, make sure that the data quality initiatives are good and that sort of thing, but invest in the quality of your data on the back end. Make sure that it's there. Make sure it's replicated. Make sure you have easy access to it. Make sure you can parse it for security requirements and compliance requirements. So it's these are concepts that 10 years ago, the Fortune 500 understood and small businesses were, were just, you know, what are you talking about? Now, they all understand it. So a lot of MSPs, are starting, the ones that we see are, that are super successful with it, are starting to get out of saying, okay, we'll manage your computers. And they're starting to say, we'll help you manage your business. And data is a key part of that business. So when we look at the, at the, the general landscape of technology for it, um, certain data resides in SaaS applications. Um, email, for example, is a great example, 0365. Certain data um, resides on a workstation. Um, Certain information resides on a workstation, and you have information resides on servers. Um, all of this needs to be backed up and easily accessible in a recovery situation and easily parsable in the, in the compliance situation. So what our strategy is to enable an MSP to, quite frankly, make money on it, and this is where MSP should be making a lot of money, because um, it's like insurance. Hopefully you never have to use it, but if you do, it better be there, right? Um, same with an MSP, it has to be there. And for an MSP, there's really two ways an MSP can make, makes money. One is by selling services and generating revenue. The second is by delivering those services in a cost-effective way. So when it comes to delivering backup and disaster recovery, it can become expensive. The kit is not cheap. Um, you know, the software, the hardware, whatever, whatever means you're using, it's not always cheap. Uh, and sometimes it can be very labor-intensive for a service that hopefully never gets called upon to be used. Um, so our approach is to integrate the BDR kit, the BDR software, whatever the technology is that we're offering, into the tool, into the product that the MSP technician uses all day long, their RMM, and make it as seamless as we can. So the, the technicians don't need to learn multiple tools. They don't need to train on multiple products. They don't have to exit multiple products and do basic workflows. And we charge about 20 to 25% less for our kit than the other providers do. And we can do that because we're not just providing backup and disaster recovery. We're not just providing RMM. We're not just providing compliance. We're providing an integrated stack. So, you know, very to be very commercial, we don't need to make all of our money in one product. We don't need to recover our cost of sale all in one product. So it allows us to be more cost effective for our MSPs, which is everything. Because the cost of goods sold and labor is like all of the costs an MSP deals with. And we think that we can be much cheaper on the cost of goods sold, the cost of our products, and we make their labor more efficient. Um, so that's that's the way, that's how I think that BDR can become a huge moneymaker for MSPs and how we try to structure ourselves to be able to deliver that. Absolutely. If, if you're an MSP and you're not doing BDR and you're not looking at serious space, you're missing a massive opportunity yeah, there. Um, 
So getting back to something uh, mentioned earlier on, a compliment I've heard more than one person give about you in, uh, personally is that you're great at staying in touch with people. Now, I'm in the middle of writing uh, a new book about business networking for yeah. geeks. Um, any relationship tips for us? Because you seem to do an incredibly good job as a CEO, somebody who's very busy running around all day. You, you stay in touch with people. And I've heard more than one person say you were incredibly good at staying well, in touch. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I, um, I don't know if my mother would agree. I should probably <laughs> not. I feel bad. Um, but, you know, I, I, it's funny you say I never really thought about it. Like, I, it's not something that, that, that you think about. I think it's just, you know, like being a man, living up to your word. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. You know, and if you're working with someone um, and they're having issues and you and, and you care about them, you, you want to make sure that that your that things are going well. You know, and, and I it's, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that I, I, I genuinely have never really thought about following up. It's just what you do. Mm. So, you know, we deal with MSPs are small business owners. Um, I've started multiple companies. I, I run a company. I mean, we're not we're not a small business, but we're not IBM or Microsoft. You know, we have thousand employees. So. You know, I still know everyone at the company and, and you know, dealing with small business owners is awesome because they care so much about their business because if their business doesn't work, their kids don't get to go to university or they don't, their wife doesn't, you know, get to go on vacation, like whatever it is that they're looking to do, you know, they, they can't do it. And people tend to truly care. And in tech and IT, the IT industry, when it started or, or as it's evolved, the majority of the spending up until, the majority of the investment up to the last five or six years ago was in the enterprise, right? I mean, you know, the HSBCs or the, you know, whomever. And this is no disrespect to them, but if you're a director of IT at Royal Bank of Scotland or HSBC, do you, I mean, what you're doing isn't, you can't make or break that company. And they don't own the company. It's, 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 it's a giant enterprise that will, it's a job. It's a job, and they're very good at it. I take it seriously, but it's a job. If you own an MSP and you have seven employees, it's your business. You are responsible for those seven people's lives, um, or their their professional lives, and they and they're, and, the, and that's it's just a different animal. So the the passion that these MSPs have, yeah, they're passionate about technology. Yeah, they're passionate about 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 business in general. But this is their livelihood and their business. It's like an extension of their family. So. I find it fascinating. Like I, I learned so much from talking to these MSPs. Um, They're definitely not shy. They will definitely <laughs> let us know when we screw up, man, let me tell you. Um, and they're also more than willing to help us, um, which, is, which is, it's so awesome. I mean, when we screw up, and we've done that a few times, um, they're the first to call us out. And then after, you know, after berating us for a while, they're the first to say, all right, Fred, let me tell you, here's some things you should do. And it's pretty cool. So I... You know, maybe staying in touch, it's me being selfish because we gain so much from it. And, you know, it's, I enjoy it. It's, it's super cool to talk to business owners all day long. I mean, it's, it's, it's a group of people that I have a lot in common with. So I like yeah. it. And I don't think they'd see it as selfish. So uh, keep doing what you're doing there. A CEO, who do you admire in the industry? Are, are there people or companies that you found yourself modeling yourself on? Um, modeling ourselves on. Um, so I'll tell you who I admire. I, I admire, I mean, this is, beyond our industry, I really like Microsoft. I think what Microsoft has done is, you know, over the last 25 plus years is just unbelievable. Um, I like it, they're, they're, they're B2B focused, they, they've made mistakes. Um, sometimes it takes them two or three times to realize their mistakes. But what a lot of people don't realize about Microsoft 
is if you go back, you know, to, to the earlier days or the early-ish days, like take when they first released SharePoint or when they first released SQL Server, their vision was to say, we have a customer and we want to provide all of the solutions that that customer needs to be successful. You know, whether it's an MSP or, you know, but this is really going back to the development enterprise days. And they said, we're not going to be greedy. Now, a lot of people say Microsoft is greedy. Think about how inexpensive their products are. When they came out with Office, I was in university, and Office, you know, Word was, WordPerfect was the best word processing software. Lotus was the best spreadsheet. Harvard Graphics was the best presentation layer. Uh, Lotus Notes was the communication protocol. And Microsoft came and said, we're going to give you all that functionality for one-tenth the price. And we'll get it right. But we know that if everyone is going to use this product, they can't spend 10 times to get all the functionality. So Microsoft, I believe, single-handedly allowed productivity software to become ubiquitous. Every college, every university student had a spreadsheet. Every university student couldn't afford to buy Lotus. Lotus cost more than the entire office package when they started. So I find that that type of innovation just incredible because they're they're very selfish, that they want to make money. They're not, you know, nonprofit, obviously. They they're incredibly commercially successful, but they did it without screwing over their customers. Um, which, you know, uh, people have different opinions about what happened to Microsoft long term, but I, I'm very impressed with that. I also look at um, some of the, the, the real innovation. Um, I see Google doing some of that in the productivity suite with, you know, with uh, G Suite and that sort of thing. Um, I think that what SolarWinds as a business has done uh, on the enterprise side is very impressive. They um, did a very good job of identifying whom their customers are, having products that can meet their needs, not over, not selling them functionality they don't need and having a really affordable price and making it easy. Um, they have not done that on, the, on their MSP business, but on their enterprise business, they've done a fantastic job for it. Um, you know, I, I also think what Adobe has done is the same idea. They, they have a customer and they realize that customer needs to do that, that multiple things and they build a platform that makes it easy to do multiple things. They're integrated. They work together. Microsoft Office, it works together. It's inexpensive. It's easy. There's not a lot of friction and people then just use it and it works. I mean, I don't think anyone, you know, Microsoft, it's so funny when people talk about Microsoft Office is expensive. Microsoft Office in 2018 is less expensive in absolute, you know, pounds, because there were no euros in absolute pounds, than in 1994, buying WordPerfect, Excel, and Harvard Graphics. It's amazing what they've done. So I think it's, just, it's, it's, it's an incredible way of looking at it. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Getting back to you as a CEO, what would you say is the most important skill that you would consider a successful CEO has to have? Uh, empathy for customers, um, empathy for what pains that they go through. I'm not talking about just pains of dealing with us as a vendor, like understanding your customer, right? Looking in the eyes of your customer and saying, what is your business like today? What's it going to be like in three to five years? And having a very clear understanding of it. Second thing is translating that to vision, having a very clear vision of how our company can help our customer get from A to B. And then communicating like crazy. 
communicate that internally, externally, reinforce it. Um, and then the fourth piece would be making sure that you hire the best people in the world that are the right fit for our customer base, that are the right fit for our employee base, and the right fit for a company culture, whatever that culture may be. Um, you know, Kaseya's culture may be different than the next company's, and someone who's successful at Kaseya may not be successful at another company. Um, a product manager who's successful in dealing with big enterprises probably won't be successful in dealing with MSPs. Um, just understanding those things. But I think it all starts with empathy and being able to, uh, to not empathy in a sense of feeling sorry for someone, but being able to shut up and listen, understand, and then come with a vision for how you can help them get from A to C, or you know, A to A to Z, or whatever you want to look at it. So yeah, something that comes across just from talking to you is you've got this this commitment to self development. Are you a book reader? Do you read a lot of books? Oh, love, yeah, yeah. What what's what um what's a book that's made a huge impression on you? Leadership and self deception. I would encourage every human being that I talk to, whether you're in the business world or not to read leadership and self-deception. Um, it is, I mean, it'll help, it helps people with their personal lives. It's all about uh, interpersonal communication, self-awareness, um, which is, you know, self-awareness is just such a, we can never be too self-aware. If you know your weakness, if we know our own weaknesses, man, we know how to surround ourselves with people that complement them and, and we can do things. Um, so another book I like is, um, it's a book on teamwork. It's called uh, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, Linconi, it's, 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 uh, he's, he's got some really interesting stuff. Uh, the Five Temptations of a CEO. It's another, uh, okay. another interesting read um, that comes there. Um, I also love military history. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of history of all kinds, but in terms of relevance for this, those are some that, I, that I'd recommend. Fantastic. I know our time is, uh, is brief here. You've got to run off and speak to other people. As we wind up then, what's the one thing you would want MSPs to associate with Kaseya? Success, not Kaseya success. Like I can't give a shit about our success. Um, hopefully a Kaseya, actually not hopefully. We have, we know that a Kaseya MSP is growing at a rate of about 25% larger than the MSP community overall. Um, we see that because we see how they consume licenses and we know what their, their revenues are. Um, a Kaseya MSP if, if a Kaseya, we strive to make sure that our MSPs are successful. A million ways we do it. Um, you know, we, we talked about a lot of them, but if an MSP is thinking Kaseya, I want them to think that here's a vendor that cares about our success, um, not just by giving it lip service and having the salespeople come and smile and give thumbs up, but also their business model is one where Kaseya only achieves financial success when our customers do. If our customer shrinks, so does Kaseya. Um, Kaseya is investing tons of money in not just technologies and products for our MSPs to be able to get the full wallet share of their customers and differentiate against other MSPs, um, but we're spending lots of resources to make it easy to do business with us. Online provisioning systems, like as a stupid example, or self-serve portals, customer portals, so their customers can white label and leverage it. Everything that an MSP needs to run their business effectively um, and to make sure that they can easily attain the full wallet share of their customers. And that if a, one of if there's a, a prospect who's looking at two MSPs, the Kaseya MSP has a much better story to tell, and they win eight, nine, 10 out of 10 times. That's what we strive for. It doesn't always happen, but that's, that's what we strive for. And 
And once I get in a room, next time I get in a room with 100 MSPs, if 90 of them can repeat that and associate with that, then we're doing well. I love it. Fred, you've been really open and honest. Thank you for your time today. Appreciate it. Should we go and enjoy a bit more of Amsterdam now? Let's go do it. Awesome. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Tub Talk, the podcast for IT business owners. You can find the show notes and bonus content for this interview, along with dozens of other interviews with IT business leaders over at www.tubblog.co.uk. If you enjoyed this podcast, then we'd really appreciate you rating and reviewing the show over at iTunes. Every review helps us reach new listeners and helps raise the bar for success in the IT industry. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak with you next episode. Have a great day. Thanks to Kaseya for sponsoring this episode of Tub Talk. If you're not familiar with Kaseya and you run an MSP or work in an IT department, you really should be familiar with them. Just to tell you a little bit more about the company. Kaseya provides essential IT management software that ensures MSP success. Whether you're looking to drive revenue growth and increase profitability, offer new revenue driving services to your customers, or take on new customers with existing staff, or even drive customer satisfaction by preventing problems before they pop up, Kaseya can help you. IT complete by Kaseya provides you with all the solutions you need to run your business, as well as the most comprehensive revenue generating solutions to grow your business. It empowers IT businesses to command all of their IT centrally, easily manage remote and distributed environments, simplify backup and disaster recovery, and automate across all IT management functions. Kaseya would be delighted to offer you a free demo of VSA. All you need to do is to go to info.kaseya.com forward slash tub talk and register for the demo. You can also avail yourself of a free two-week trial of Kaseya VSA or Kaseya BMS. Again, visit info.kaseya.com forward slash tub talk for all the details. Thanks again to Kaseya. Without our sponsors, we really wouldn't be able to bring you tub talk. So I'd encourage you to check out their offer. Hey team, this is Richard again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is MSP Insights. Now, every Tuesday, I share my thoughts on the business of IT with you, the managed service community. Thousands of managed service providers already subscribe to MSP Insights. It's easy to sign up, easy to cancel. MSP Insights is basically a short email from me every Tuesday without fail with advice on growing your IT business, plus cool resources I found, discovered, or started exploring that week. It's kind of like my diary of cool things and often includes articles or books I've read, tools I've discovered and events I think you'd be interested in, often sent to me by my friends and Tub Talk podcast guests. So if that sounds fun, a short tiny bite of MSP goodness every Tuesday and you'd like to try it out, just go to go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. That's gogo.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.